faster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. A new poll finds Americans are growing increasingly frustrated with the state of the country amid high inflation and gas prices under the Biden administration. Ukraine standing firm, refusing to give in to Russia's demands for a ceasefire or land concessions. A day after President Biden said monkeypox was something to be concerned about, he tamped down on his comments in Tokyo saying quarantine levels similar to those during COVID are not needed for monkeypox. A U.S. senator tells the Cats Roundtable testimony in the Michael Sussman trial highlights the level of corruption in the 2016 presidential campaign of Hillary Clinton. The family of a Goldman Sachs employee killed in Sunday's random subway shooting on a Manhattan-bound Q train is speaking out, decrying crime, and calling on New York City's mayor to do his job. Here's your top five at five. Pessimism among Americans. A new CBS YouGov poll finds 60% of those polled agree that the state of the nation is unsettling amid inflation at a 40-year high and record gas prices. There's a 23% jump in the number of Americans that see the economy as bad. That's up from 46% in the spring to 69% now. Despite the concerns, National Economic Council Director Brian Deese was more optimistic on Fox News. The United States is better positioned than any other major economy to bring inflation down and address these challenges without giving up all of the economic gains we've made. And that's because of the strength of our recovery. Inflation in March climbed eight and a half percent year over year. Gas prices have hit four dollars fifty nine cents a gallon on average across the nation. That according to AAA. Nearly all Democrats and Republicans in this new survey indicated they want political candidates to focus on inflation as a top election issue. Ukraine is standing firm. Kiev will not agree to a ceasefire or any land concessions to Russia. Ukrainian presidential advisor Mikhailo Podolyak told Reuters that concessions would only embolden Russia. Podolyak told the BBC that only a force of arms will end the conflict. Russia sells nothing but war. It's only interested in expansion. Today it attacks Ukraine. Tomorrow it could attack any other country on the perimeter. Georgia, Moldova and so on. There is no other formula but to subdue Russia today through an end to the war on Ukraine's terms. The comments come as Russia initially struggled to make gains in the eastern Donbass region. And uh, then uh, they launched a major offensive in Lusak, where several villages have been captured with efforts to now take the remaining major city in Lusak and the conflict now in its third month. Meanwhile, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky is expected to speak virtually to a forum in Donbass, Switzerland today. President Joe Biden, speaking in Tokyo, says he does not need to institute quarantine levels seen during COVID-19 as cases of monkeypox have been detected in the United States and in Europe. The comment comes a day after Biden said the virus was something to be concerned about. As of Saturday, 12 countries have reported cases with 92 confirmed and 28 suspected cases, according to the World Health Organization. We're working on it hard. 
figure out what we do and what uh, vaccine, if any, may be available for it. But it is a concern in the sense that if it were to spread, it's consequential. That's all they've told me. One person in New York City, one person in Boston, and one person in Florida have been confirmed to have monkeypox. One man was confirmed to have monkeypox last week in Boston. Monkeypox rarely seen outside of Africa, although in recent weeks it's been confirmed in Europe and the United States. As a trial for former Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman continues in Washington, D.C., Republican Senator Ron Johnson told 77 WABC, Testimony highlights the level of corruption in the Hillary Clinton 2016 presidential campaign, the uh, D.C. swamp and the media. Here is Senator Johnson on the Cats Roundtable, hosted by 77 WABC owner and operator John Katz-Matidis. The fact that the Hillary Clinton campaign manufactured this entire uh, Russian collusion hoax, the FBI, within a day, when they looked at the Alpha Bank information, concluded now, this is preposterous. It's, it's, it's BS. In bombshell testimony last week, the 2016 campaign manager for Hillary Clinton, Robbie Mook, told jurors she agreed to feed the since-debunked allegations connecting rival presidential candidate Donald Trump to the Kremlin-linked Alpha Bank to the media. Johnson told the Cats Roundtable that the testimony in special counsel John Durham's case against Sussman outlines a major scandal. Sussman charged with one count of lying to the FBI in September 2016, and if convicted, he faces five years in prison. A Goldman Sachs employee was gunned down in a random subway attack on Sunday. The family of the victim, a 48-year-old Daniel Enriquez, who died after being shot on on the uh, Manhattan-bound Q train, is decrying violence. The family told the New York Post Mayor Adams should do his job. The victim's sister, Griselda Villi, told the Post, worse is that when police catch the alleged gunman, he will likely be back out on the streets, referring to lax bail reform laws. Charlton D'Souza, the president of Riders United, told NBC New York that gun violence in the subways will continue to deter people from using it. When people go home tonight and they watch the news, they're going to make a decision. I'm going to take a Uber or I'm going to take a bus. They're not coming down here. We're going to lose people. This is not what we need at a time when our city is trying to recover. Enriquez was rushed to Bellevue Hospital where he died, and police say the weapon believed used to kill Enriquez was recovered. The shooter fled the subway system at the Canal Street station, and as of Sunday night, the gunman had not been arrested. To date, 557 people have been shot compared to 579 during the same period last year, according to the NYPD. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Partly sunny skies today are high 73 light winds, 8 to 13 miles per hour. Cooler overnight, mostly cloudy, the low down to 58, and a mostly cloudy day tomorrow with a high of 65. Right now, 64 degrees, partly cloudy skies here in the city. 35 tons or 70,000 pounds of baby formula arrived on U.S. military aircraft from Germany on Sunday. The prescription formula is hypoallergenic formula. However, the Biden administration says it will be distributed only to hospitals, doctors, home health care facilities, and pharmacies in regions where the needs are most acute. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack greeted the arrival of the delivery in Indianapolis, and he said Sunday's shipment, the first of Operation Fly Formula, will provide enough formula for 9,000 babies and 18,000 toddlers for about a week. Here he is on Rural Strong Media. So this is going to begin the process of distributing additional products 
uh, in areas that we know uh, where there are shortages. In the meantime, we're also going to work with our SNAP programs to make sure that there are flexibilities there as well uh, so that people are in a position to be able to purchase uh, with their SNAP benefits uh, formula that they need. The White House announced later Sunday that the second flight of Operation Fly formula, which includes 114 pallets of Gerber Good Start Extensive HA Infant Formula, was expected to take place in the coming days. Supply chain issues in Abbott's voluntary shutdown of its Michigan plant in February after four children fell ill, two died due to bacterial infections have contributed to the shortage of baby formula. President Joe Biden indicated in Japan this morning that he would use military force to defend Taiwan if it were ever attacked by China. The statement is opposite the strategic ambiguity traditionally favored by American presidents at a news conference with Prime Minister Fumio Kishida of Japan during a visit to Tokyo. President Biden suggested that he would be willing to go further on behalf of Taiwan than he has in helping Ukraine. Here's what the president had to say. We agree with a one China policy. We signed on to it and all the attendant agreements made from there. But the idea that that it can be taken by force, just taken by force, is just not is just not appropriate. It will dislocate the entire region, and be another action similar to what happened in in uh, in Ukraine. The president's declaration, offered without caveat or clarification, surprised some members of his own administration watching in the room who did not expect the statement. The U.S. historically has warned China against using force against Taiwan while generally remaining vague about how far it would go to aid the island in such a circumstance. The U.S. Supreme Court could issue a ruling on Roe v. Wade as soon as Monday. The leaked draft opinion from the high court reveals the court poised to overturn the 1973 law and sparked nationwide protests and an uptick in violence. A memo leaked from the Department of Homeland Security reveals the Biden administration is preparing for a nationwide wave of violence following the decision on the future of Roe v. Wade. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre says the president is taking the threats seriously. He believes the right to to peacefully protest in this country is fundamental. Uh, But he also believes that violence, threats, and intimidation have no place in political discourse anywhere. Protesters have targeted the homes of conservatives, Supreme Court justices, and at least five pro-life crisis pregnancy centers across the U.S. Catholic churches have also been threatened and vandalized. Additionally, a memo dated May 13th from DHS reveals that the Biden administration is investigating threats to the Supreme Court building and to justices. Bombshell testimony that Hillary Clinton personally authorized giving a reporter since debunked data about Donald Trump and Russia that it was part of a chess-like maneuver to protect the queen. Former U.S. Justice Department official Jim Trusty told the New York Post the testimony was from former Clinton campaign manager Robbie Mook Friday during former campaign lawyer Michael Sussman's trial. Trustee said had Mook and former campaign general counsel Mark Elias known that Sussman planned to provide the information to the FBI, they would have objected. Mook and Elias suggested that Clinton was shocked, shocked by Sussman going to the FBI. Here's Trustee on Fox Business. It really is a, a historic low in the American political system to have a campaign do something as slanderous as this, as intentional, as willful, uh, premeditated, whatever word you want to use, uh, to, to try to win an election. And, again, I, I hope people will pay attention to it, although, again, 
I don't think we're going to get the full flavor. We're just going to get little bits of taste. In a recent column for the New York Post, former Manhattan federal prosecutor Andrew McCarthy said special counsel John Durham appears to have built a case of historic consequence that portrays the Clinton campaign as guilty of perhaps the worst dirty trick in the history of American presidential elections. United States top military officer warned soldiers graduating from West Point Saturday to prepare for a significant international conflict with Russia and China. Conflicts, he said, will see cadets battle robotic tanks, ships, and planes. Mark Milley, the chair of the Army's Joint Chiefs of Staff and the principal military advisor to the president, told graduates to prepare for how future wars are fought. As we are entering a world that is becoming more unstable, the world you are being commissioned into has the potential for significant international conflict between great powers And that potential is increasing, not decreasing. The U.S., he said, can no longer sit idle as a military powerhouse as the two nations continue to show both growth and a desire for global conquest. Russia with its aggression in Ukraine and China with its recent economic and military growth. Milley warned that future wars will be even more complex with unseen enemies and sophisticated warfare. 77 WABC time check 515. And that's time for a look at sports with Luke Lagrano in for Justin Ellick once again. Good morning, Deb. Hi, everyone. Luke Lagrano here with your early news sports update. The Rangers were back at Madison Square Garden for the first time this series as they took on the Carolina Hurricanes. Down two games to none in the series, the Blue Shirts needed a win at home more than ever. And who more likely to help give the Rangers a boost than Chris Kreider? Shot, score! From the bottom of the circle. Chris Kreider has made it 2-0 New York. Steve McDonough on the call. Both Kreider and Mika Zibanejad, who were so good for the Rangers all year, each get their first goal of the series in the Rangers' 3-1 win over Carolina. Game 4 will go down at MSG tomorrow night. Over to baseball, the Mets had themselves a good day as well during their visit to Colorado to play the Rockies. Taiwan Walker held it down for the Blue and Orange with seven scoreless innings. Francisco Lindor and Pete Alonso each brought in a run to secure the Mets. 2 nothing shutout against Colorado. They'll head on over to San Francisco later tonight to start their series with the Giants. And a very unlikely day for the Yankees as they hosted the Chicago White Sox for a doubleheader. Tied at one going into the ninth, Aroldis Chapman couldn't keep A.J. Pollock from taking the lead and a 3-1 win for the Chicago in Game 1. It somehow managed to get worse in Game 2 as the offense couldn't manage a single run. The White Sox get the sweep and shut out the pinstripes in Game 2. It's the first time the Yankees have lost back-to-back games since April 11th. They'll start their series with the Baltimore Orioles and the Bronx later on tonight. That's your 76. 77 WABC Sports update. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Luke Legrano. All right, thanks, Luke. And looking at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, a cool down, partly sunny skies are high today, 73 winds, 8 to 13 miles per hour. Overnight, the lows 58, a mostly cloudy day tomorrow, the high 65. And right now, we have a reading of 62 degrees, mostly clear skies here in the city. Frank Morano, standing by with your business report. I'm Frank Morano with your business report. The opening bell rings this morning following Wall Street's flat close on Friday after the S&P 500 briefly fell into bear territory. Stocks trimmed losses in late trading as recession fears continued to rattle markets. The S&P 500 recovered earlier losses to finish just in the green. 
At the closing bell, the Dow Jones gained eight points. The S&P 500 added a fraction of a point, and the Nasdaq lost 33 points. Multiple Jif peanut butter products are being recalled due to an outbreak of salmonella linked to a Lexington, Kentucky manufacturing facility. J.M. Smucker Company, the parent company for the peanut butter brand, issued a voluntary recall on Friday. The FDA, CDC, and local partners are investigating the outbreak that so far spans 12 states. A new study says China spends much more in helping industries with state-directed funds, cheap loans, and other government incentives than other major economies do. The study, to be published by the Center for Strategic and International Studies, finds that China's backing of its companies amounted to at least 1.73% of its gross domestic product in 2019, the most recent year for which comprehensive data is available. A new report from the Washington Post suggests that billionaire Oracle founder Larry Ellison joined a November 2020 call with Sean Hannity and South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham to strategize how to contest Joe Biden's win. Ellison, a Trump-supporting GOP megadonor, dialed into the call on November 14, 2020, to discuss how to frame allegations of electoral fraud he and other supporters believe cost Donald Trump a second term in office. I'm Frank Morano. I'll be back at 1 a.m. on the other side of midnight. And looking at futures this morning, they're in the green. The Dow futures are up 114 points at 31,327. S&P 500 up 18. The Nasdaq's climbed 51 and three-quarter points. Gold up $18.60 at $1,860.70. Crude oil up 90 cents a barrel at $111.18. The WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. The shooting of a Staten Island EMT last week highlights assaults and other threats being levied against EMS workers that are on the increase. Such attacks have actually skyrocketed 137 percent from 2018 through last year in New York City. That's according to city data obtained exclusively by the New York Post. Last week, Staten Island emergency medical technician Richard McMahon was blasted in the shoulder by a drunk patient in the back of an ambulance. Staten Island resident Michael Oates describes the scene. The driver heard a loud bang. Driver turns around and says to him, hey, what the hell was that? He says, guy just shot me. And everything went on from there. The number of workplace violence incidents involving first responders more than doubled from 163 in 2018 to 386 last year. The number of incidents first jumped to 217 in 2019 and then surged to 329 during the worst of the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020. Logs that were reviewed by the Post show EMTs and paramedics are routinely punched, kicked, bitten, spit on, and threatened by patients, brandishing knives and other weapons, many emotionally disturbed or high on drugs. Theravators on MTA buses and subways cost the MTA $119 million in the first three months of this year. And officials want transit workers to help them rein in the costly trouble. A memo sent to city bus drivers on Friday from the MTA urged them to politely state the fare to passengers trying to ride without paying. MTA CEO Jano Lieber declared war on fare evasion earlier this month, promising a blue ribbon panel would come up with ways to combat the issue. Everybody taps, everybody swipes. It's basic civic behavior that knits all our social fabric together.
Ideas include things like possible new turnstile designs, an educational campaign, and increased enforcement. Overall, the MTA claims to have lost $62 million on subways, $57 million on buses to fare beating, and that is on track for nearly a half billion dollars in losses this year. Former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo was in Buffalo, New York Sunday, the latest in a series of politicians to descend upon the city following the mass shooting a week ago Saturday, which killed 10 black people and injured three. Cuomo denounced the attack and called on Congress to take action on gun control as speculation ramps up of an attempted political comeback. He went on to urge Congress to strengthen gun control, noting that New York already has the toughest gun safety laws in the nation, a nod to the New York Safe Act that passed under his watch. What happened couldn't be any more ugly because there was no provocation of any kind. Nobody did anything wrong. People are dead just because of the color of their skin. The accused shooter brought an AR-15 style semi-automatic rifle from a New York gun store and may have purchased a high-capacity magazine banned in New York and Pennsylvania. On social media, the governor went further than Governor Hochul, who's criticized big tech companies for hosting hate speech, with Cuomo suggesting that those companies should face criminal liability for the content they host. Meanwhile, the accused shooter, 18-year-old Peyton Gendron, is indicted on a first-degree murder charge and remains held. A state judge finalized New York's congressional and state Senate district maps early Saturday. The maps are set for the next decade, barring any further lawsuits. Carnegie Mellon University fellow Jonathan Servas was tasked with redrawing new district lines after a set of Democratic-drawn maps were overturned. He submitted his final maps late Friday night with acting state Supreme Court Justice Patrick McAllister, ordering them into place just after midnight Saturday. Servas's initial proposal set off a chaotic scramble where congressional candidates and incumbents quickly tried to stake out their turf by declaring which district they would run in, and in the case of five districts, potentially pitting sitting members against each other. New York Republican Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis was a vocal critic of the original redistricting plan drawn up by Democrats. Here she is back in February. It's clearly gerrymandering because you can tell how they completely shifted uh, the district. Instead of just adding the necessary population gain to my existing district, they've chosen to take away the voice of the people that I currently represent by shifting this district. In the final map, Servas made several changes urged by politicians and members of the public, including reuniting the bed neighborhood in Brooklyn with a new 8th district instead of splitting it between two. That caused several other districts in Brooklyn to change, including the Staten Island-based 11th Congressional District, currently held by Representative Maliotakis, which picked up the Bensonhurst neighborhood and became a stronger Republican district. A runner in the Brooklyn Half Marathon died after crossing the finish line on Saturday. Several other people were hospitalized as the race was run on a day when temperatures reached 90-plus degrees with high humidity later in the day. 32-year-old David Reichman collapsed at the finish line after completing the 13.1-mile race. Boardwalk vendor Ashley Scott told CBS2 what she saw. Everybody kind of like ran and just kind of like, you know, they just dome a situation. You couldn't really see much. But there was just a kind of like a big roar of whispers like, what is going on? Medics rushed Reichman to Coney Island Hospital where he died. Nearly 20,000 runners participated in the 13.1-mile race. It began at the Brooklyn Museum, went around Prospect Park and along 
Ocean Parkway finishing in Coney Island on the boardwalk. The FDNY says a total of 16 people were taken to the hospital, five reported to have serious injuries. The New York Roadrunners Association said they were closely monitoring weather conditions leading up to and during the race. Throughout the race, they said weather temperatures range from the low 60s to the high 70s. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, partly sunny skies. Today, cooler are high, 73, light winds, 8 to 13 miles per hour. The overnight low is 58 and a mostly cloudy day tomorrow, the high 65. Right now, 62 mostly clear skies here in the Big Apple. Family and friends of the notorious B.I.G. gathered at an intimate lighting ceremony on Friday right inside the iconic Empire State Building in the heart of the city. Better known by his stage names, the notorious B.I.G., Biggie Smalls, or simply Biggie, he died at the age of 24 in a drive-by shooting in L.A. His homicide remains unsolved to this day. Valetta Wallace, Biggie's mom, was among those in attendance who spoke. Little Kim, the rapper's former protege and love interest, also shared a few words about the legendary MC. Saturday, May 21st, would have been Biggie's 50th birthday. In 2020, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.